The Frisco Fighters are back for another electrifying season of indoor football. Don't miss the action-packed, high-scoring intensity that Frisco Fighters indoor football has to offer when they hit the turf in March at Comerica Center in Frisco. From unique theme nights to exciting giveaways, the Frisco Fighters provide entertainment for the whole family. Get your tickets today at FriscoFighters.com. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Kingsville Brewery. Let's join the rush with your hosts, Daryl Razor Ray and Mike Pica. Hello and welcome to the Midseason Report. I'm Daryl Ray, making news right now. A La Jolla man clings to life. <laughs> yes, I'll anchor this Podman Rush. No, not anchor man, merely colleague to colleague to listener that's what it should be i believe colleague to colleague to listener as i squire you through the reflections on the stars first half is really what it is so here we are 40 games in and where are we mike heika of dallastars.com fame uh, it's a beautiful symbiotic relationship between uh, broadcaster and the fans, and, and hopefully uh, for the team as well, as they uh, try and uh, get themselves in position to make a nice playoff run. So I think they're in a good spot at, at in one breath. And the second part is, boy, if the playoff started today, I think you're you're at Colorado and then uh, potentially going to Winnipeg. So that's not the best place either. So they've done some great things, but they have some work to do. Yes. Well, standings wise, four back of Colorado, five back of Winnipeg, fourth in the West, seventh overall. That's a pretty good first really good. half, Mike. Yeah. That's a pretty darn good first half of hockey. And still with a game to add to that as they host the Nashville Predators in game 41, which is the exact equator of the 82-game schedule. So I I want to touch on expected first. A lot of things are expected of you, Mike. <laughs> Many things are expected really. of me. <laughs> but they have, in the analytics community, a thing called expected goals. They have many categories, but expected goals is one that I'm I'm not going to say I'm infatuated with, but there's something to it. There's something there to those numbers. And if you look at the Stars' expected goals, both for and against, which I, which I did and I do, and I have quizzed head coaches and in – uh, I think it was maybe week two weeks ago I asked Pete DeBoer about it, you know, because I'm I'm always curious. Like, there are so many numbers that they have access to, uh, and many of them that we don't have access to, and some I'm sure are just completely ignored, and other ones there's something to them, and he believes there's validity to expected goals. Most do. So heading into last night's game against the wild and you looked at expected goals in that one so this the stars came into that game third in goal scored uh their their numbers were top three but they should be 18th if you believe in expected goals 
So it means they're scoring more goals than than they should be. The fancy stats state so. And the goals against, they sat 14th in the NHL, but the expected goals say that they should be eighth. So they're allowing more goals than they should be. And I think if you looked at the first 40 games, you'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, some of these games, there's been a a bit of an odor to opponent goaltending in some some other factors have have come in as to why they're scoring at the rate they are when the numbers say that they should be somewhere around mid-pack and allowing more goals than the analytics say they should be you know at, at times you can pin some of that on just flat goaltending other times it can be other things but what do you think of of that stat um as an old man i i probably give it the Heisman too much. Um, It's interesting talking to the coaches because they're mostly also old men. And like you said, I think guys like Pete DeBoer, once they get in there and they have people explain things to them and they get their own set of numbers, uh, they really do start to embrace things. And and I think it helps shape their decision making. Um, Personally on that one, I, I just, I do think it actually explains the goaltending uh, on both sides of this so far, um, I, like if you look at Jake's numbers before he got hurt, they're not what he's been in the past. Uh, if you look at Wedgie's numbers, um, his wins are great. His goals against and his save percentage are not as great as they could be. And so, you know, again, you go to that, that they're outscoring some of their problems by, you know, potentially either facing goalies who aren't making the saves they should make or and I truly believe this one I think they actually have a really good group of forwards who can make an opposing goaltender look bad um you know I think they got what four guys with 15 goals right now and I you look up and down that forward lineup and and we see this because it's always written on the whiteboard when the opponents come into town and I'm like Stars forward group is better than that group. And pretty much almost every game I sit there and say, the Stars forward group is better than that group. So I I like the analytics. I think they are more to explain what we see with our eyes than to tell us something we don't know. Yeah, always. You can't lead with analytics. Right. It has to be supportive. But I'm – look, I don't even profess to understand all the – the data that they pour into expected goals and you know the saves above expected i <laughs> i just uh, and it's just fractional so if you looked at if you looked at this stat right or this analytic the game on monday in minnesota stars win it 4 to nothing matt murray with a shutout in his first game this year first shutout against the wild since uh, ben Bishop blanked him back in 2019 as part of, I think, that shutout run that he went on. And the expected score for Monday's game was 2.44 to 2.29 in favor of the Stars. That's what the that's what the expected says the game should have been. And you know, when you watched it, you're you're kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Stars scored four times, but two of those goals. I think a, a younger Mark Andre Fleury stops. Yes. So there's you're in and around two, and then the other direction, they they probably had enough chances to score two goals in the game on on most nights. But Murray was terrific, and and you have to have a little 
a touch of fortune in there. And that was that. So that was the game. So you're like, okay, it's probably around what it is. And that's about as much time as I'm going to spend on expected goals. Say this, that all of this stuff, and and I do believe in analytics. I do believe it can help you as a coaching staff. But I I think it's best looked at over 20, 40, 80 games as opposed to tonight, tonight. I know, but we I'm just saying. We are looking at it over 40 games. Oh, are you saying like just the Monday Like game? looking at last one game and using the analytics, yeah. I don't know that it helps you as much as bigger picture trends. And again, I look at this as a tool for the coaching staff more than for the fans, uh, but I'm both. You're the tool it. for the fans, Mike. That's who I, you I are. Am, I am a tool. You are the tool <laughs> that speaks directly to the fans. <laughs> anyway, we've probably lost anybody that's, yeah, started listening to this thing. I, I just, I think it shows with the stars that that they're probably scoring a little higher than what they're actually creating, right? Whereas last year the numbers were pretty close to one another. Yeah, would they finish like seventh in in goals for, and third in goals against? And right. if you looked at the expecteds, they were right around that realm. Yeah. So there's there's room to grow on both sides of the puck, but. I think if you look at the first 40 games now, they've been outstanding at, for my money, shellacking teams with their spread offense. And you alluded to it just a moment ago. They've scored seven or more goals four times already. They're on pace to have four 30-goal scores, maybe five. Yeah. You know, like, it's staggering. That's the offense. Last night wasn't a good example, but they had seven different goal scores. And that, that speaks to who they are. It wasn't a hat trick or anything like that. It was yeah. seven different guys had oh, goals. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you, you can go into the NHL uh, leaders and struggle to find a Dallas star amongst any of the offensive categories Yeah, because it's spread around. The only one was like Duchesne leading the league in game-winning goals, and he's faded in that category here now. Although, did he score the third one last night? That's a good question. Robo Pav, yeah, he did. He got the winner last night. No, 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 no. Robo's got wiped out. Hints got the winner last night. The four on four goal. That was the third one. There we go. Uh, The other, the other side though is the the penalty killing has been just phenomenal, and the road equation is astonishing. It's astonishing. They've allowed only six power play goals in eighteen road games, and and. They've scored six shorthanded goals in those 18 tilts. They're that's even. Good. Yeah, it's a pretty good uh, turnout for being shorthanded. God, I mean, they've allowed they've allowed twi- over twice as many power play goals at home as they have on the road. Yeah. Crazy. But I think those two areas for me are are the the top of the heap. They're just outstanding at both. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and it's funny just talking to the players like Raddick or Essa is that Elaine Nazardine puts a lot of emphasis. I remember back in the day when Rick Wilson said, we're the defenseman, we're the defenseman, and kind of got his own little tribe there. I think Elaine mm-hmm. does this with the penalty killers. Like they truly believe that they're a group and that they, you know, they need to stand up and protect each other. 
and and they're you know, he's done a great job and then he has some talent there. I think Pete said that the other day. I mean, when you come in with Esselindel and you come in with Radic Fox, you're starting at a good base. But then he's also added guys like Hintz and Sagan and you know uh, Sam Steele, and it, it's a great group of penalty killers. They lost their best penalty killer in the summer. He plays for Tampa now. Indeed. And they've, they've been able to fill in under that. So the, the other number that I'd toss in on the penalty kill is the fact that they've gone 40 games without allowing more than one power play goal in a game. They've never allowed multiple power play goals. That's impressive. Like it is. Like it, it really is. I agree with you. It's, they're not, it's a great group and it's a huge part of winning games. I mean, because those things yeah. change momentum. You know, you get that one power play goal either early or late, and it, it changes a lot of the game. They they had gone six and a half minutes shorthanded by two men without giving up a goal until last night, and then they gave one yeah. up in that. Of course, they would give one up in that game. But uh, anyway, uh, let's flip it to the other side of the coin. Need a little shoring up in. You want to start or do you want me? <laughs> no, I mean, I'll go. I, I think the goaltending can be better. I, the hope is that when Jake comes back and he gets his legs under him and and he and Wedgie start, you know, giving each other the rest that they need, that the numbers will be better. But numbers wise right now, their their goaltending is not what it should be or what it's been really for the past, what, four, five, eight, ten years. Like they've always mm-hmm. had good goaltending. And right now it's it's not what you would call elite goaltending. So that's the area I think they need help in. Yeah. You're, you're always a reflection of what's going on in front of you yep. at that position. And they're, they're, they're improving right now, but the rush defense and the d- defensive zone coverage at times, it, it's looked like they're, they're hurting scalded cats, but it's getting better. There, there seems to be way more attention being put toward it here, maybe more energy. Because if you look at it, I mean, 14th out of 32 teams in goals against average, 17th out of 32 teams in save percentage. Yes. I think that's what you're alluding to is the fact Correct. that you're, you're so used to this, this group being top five, certainly top 10, inching toward top five. And it just, they're a long way away from that right now and you know the team look the team that's leading the national hockey league in points which has shocked a lot of people is the winnipeg jets and they're number one in the nhl in goals against average yeah so they have their whatever 30 game stretch of no more than three goals in a game yeah yeah and look i they they don't need to they don't need to be a, a top three or top five uh team defensively they, they really don't. They need to be top 10. Yeah. They need to be top 10. And some of that is attitude. Some of it is better play from that position you were speaking of. Uh, and and they can – I think they'll get there. I, I believe they'll they'll trend in that direction. But, if you know, look, if, if you're going to give up a little bit defensively so that you, you can be more creative and score more, uh, your, your numbers are going to – sort of trend that way. I could, I could see them finishing the season flip from last year. Yes. I agree with that. Where they're, they're like third in goals for and seventh in goals against. Yes. And I would have, 
I don't think anybody would have any issue. No, it's it's a fun game to watch, and top and I do think it's part 10. of. Yeah, I, I do think it's part of the the plan. And when you add Duchesne and you add Smith and Steele and and you you know subtract Glenn Denning and some of the other guys, you're going to take more chances because you do want to score more goals. I mean, that was basically what they told us in the summer when they went through their free agency. So adding somebody who wants to score goals it's natural that you might give up a few more. So I'm with you. I think one, it's a fun way to watch hockey. And two, mm. you can still, you can still win with those numbers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Manufacturing goals is what it's all about, man. Yeah. And uh, I, I wonder sometimes too, one of the caveats of depth at forward is if, if you have a lot of guys that expect, not expected, not analytics again, but that expect <laughs> to put some numbers on the board. They get out there every fourth rotation, and I don't. I don't think they've cheated. I just and he, Pete even mentioned it once. Like there's, they seem to have some guys that have more energy to go with the puck than to get it back. Yes, <laughs> you know what I, you know what I mean. <laughs> It's like, yeah, we could, we could buckle it down and make sure we don't get scored on, but let's let's just go and try to make something happen here. I'd I'd love to score and and uh, even some of those shifts where they they have the puck and they're trying to make things happen and they're deep in the zone and then it gets turned over and there they are chasing back to their own zone. And there was a stretch of games where that was problematic and yes. it, they they they've worked on it. They're they're trying to fix it. I certainly applaud that. I want to go on a razor rant here in this regard, too, when we're talking about save percentage. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. The shot counters at American Airlines Center. Why the forensics? Why? No other building does this to the same degree where they look at every shot on goal and I mean, go CSI on it as to whether it was actually a shot on goal or not. And we look up like Josh and I joke after most periods, we're like, okay, the shots on goal after the first period of play are pending <laughs> because whatever's up there usually isn't what we come back in the second period with. And I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't understand it. It, and it's always subtraction. Never do we look up and say, Oh yeah, they had 10 shots, but now they have 13. It never goes that way. Mm -hmm. It always goes the other way. I, and, and if they have the goal of being 100% correct, they aren't, you know, because they're as a goaltender, you always know, when you, you always know when you stop the puck and it can be, vexatious and irksome and save percentage affecting when you don't get credited with stopping the puck. I, I don't, I don't know why they feel the need to be as myopically accurate as they have been. Can I introduce you to my friend, Ed Belfour? Remember when he would get those 12 and 13 save shutouts? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, he goes and you know, the other thing, you know, I agree with what you're saying, because I do feel there's a tendency for them to say, oh, that would have hit the post. 
And if it would have hit the post, it's not a shot on goal. But I mean, that's really slicing and dicing this stuff far too close. Um, yeah, I'm with you. They, I think historically for 25 years, they've had low shot totals at American Airlines Center. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I need to understand it more. I don't get it. I used to love it as a goaltender. You go into some buildings and our guys do nowadays go on the road and you look up and you know, you get to 30, 35 shots quite easily. Yeah. And cause they're, you know, they're counting all kinds of things and they're not taking shots off the shot clock at the end. If of it periods. hits your pad, it's a save, right? Well, I don't know. They don't look at it that way. I always used I to laugh. And I think I've told you this one before where it's like guy would shoot it, you know, it'd just be a dribbler from the far blue line, but it's on net barely makes it to you, but you stop it. And then you don't get credit for the save. Right. And it's like, I'll, I'll friggin' guarantee you if I lifted my <laughs> stick up and let it go in, they would count it as a goal. So why do you not count it as a save? I'm with you. I'm, I'm yeah. part of the goalie union. Yeah, you are. You're an honorary. Me and, me and Panger, <laughs> we're the, inf we're the enforcers. <laughs> oh, God, help us. <laughs> anyway, that's my razor rant. But I, I'm trying to stick up for my boys. And, uh, I, you know, yeah. Moving on. What have we learned? What do we know? Huh? What do we know? What have we learned about this team in 40 games, Mike? That's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of what we said that they can score. Um, I would. Yeah, we know again, all that stuff. Give me something else. Yeah. Give me something. Yeah. Something completely something different. You know what? You think um, about it. I'll lay this one on you. We've learned that they can pound the also rans. Yes. They, their, their record against the league's worst is nothing short of dominant. If, if my numbers are right, they're 17, three and two against the teams that are not top 16 in the league right now. Wow. So, and they haven't played everybody, but the, against the bottom half of the league, <laughs> they are 17, three and two. And those teams can't come close to matching the star's depth. And that's where they get crushed, yeah. I think, and caved in. You know, the star's top couple of lines just feast on third pairs on defense. And, you know, if you're a rebuilding team or you're a team that has run into a rash of injuries or whatever the reason is that you're in that group down there. You you just can't match the stars depth overall and, and talent. Even at times that the top end talent isn't matching what the stars trot out there. So they look, that means they, they probably got a little work to do with the top end of things, but 17, three and two is taking care of the seller. Agreed. Okay, I gave you, I, I gave you time, Mike, to ponder your well, thought. I, I always want to let you finish your thought before I interrupt. Cause I do think I, I step oh, on your toes. Oh, at times. No, you never do. I, I love it oh, for please. a fact. We just, sometimes the, the uh, empty air gives it a little bit of gravitas. I love that, Mike. I think you have a lot of gravitas. What have, we, what have you learned? 
What have you learned? Well, and it's interesting just because Pete has echoed your comments uh, that they have to be better against the best teams. And I find it interesting that if you look at the two games against Vegas, I think, that went to overtime, and then the Colorado game where they came back, the Stars were the better team for a large slice of those games. So they can do this. It's just when it comes to the ultimate pressure in a quote-unquote playoff-type situation, they have to step up in a better way. And, and I think that's part of the second half of the season. And when, when you play a Colorado, when you play a Vancouver, when you play a Vegas, uh, you need to be able to either dominate from the start or make the best plays when the game is on the line. And so far against good teams, the other team has made the best plays when the game is on the line. And, and I do think that's something that bothers Pete right now. Yeah, except for their games against Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> the best team in the league, right? They yes. seem to have handled them quite uh, well. Uh, you know, tight games, low-scoring games are always going to be that way, but they beat them twice up there in the peg. The uh, Yeah, the highlight of the first half for you? Do you have a, just a – Whoa. Like a, a game, yeah, a the moment? Na- the Nashville game. The, that the 15, was yours? Se- 15 seconds left and Yanni yeah. Hockenpah taking it from the ladies' tees. And that's a pretty memorable night. And to do it in front of them when they're like, oh, hey, we hate the stars. <laughs> Dallas sucks. Oh, sorry about that. 15 seconds is all we needed to win in regulation. Yeah, these, these poor fan bases that just despise the stars and the <laughs> Dallas stars, Nashville and, and Minnesota, man, they have been caved in. Uh, it's not in good. Their, in their barns, not good at all. I, I would, and speaking to that, I, I would say the special seven and mini. Uh, I, I like, yes. I mean, it's it's tough to overlook the, I, I guess, the flabbergasting 15 seconds in Nashville. But man, rattling off what they did in that first visit to uh, to Minnesota was staggering. Five power play goals and two shorthanded goals in a special teams spectacle. Tied a franchise record for power play goals in a game and the the seven total tied for the second most special teams goals in a game in NHL history. Wow. So, that, I mean, they went off. That was nuts. And such a carryover from the playoffs, too. Because uh, it's funny, as, as you get to know a coach, I mean, Pete was really mad at them calling out the stars and saying, oh, they're diving, they're doing this, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, you take stupid penalties and you're going to lose the game and we're going to take advantage of it. And so that to score five power play goals against that team at that time, I think was very satisfying for the coaching staff. Well, they did dive last night, right? According to the officials. They did. Yeah, I'm going to get into that in a second, but not yet. I was going to say, I didn't like that call. Okay. Well, if you didn't like it, can you imagine me? <laughs> so good. Those are good highlights. I like those. I like those. That was a good good one from you as well. I, I debated the two, but we covered <laughs> them both. Look at us. Indeed. Huh? Look at the fans. The fans get everything. My God. Us. It's like stereo, like tandem. Uh, the, one other area that I, I found curious Scraps. I thought they were going to, in the vernacular, get in one a bit more often the way they started the season. I believe the last fighting major was Craig Smith 
against, is it Connor Dewar in the first trip to mini? Is that, mm. That's the last, I believe that's the last fighting major. That was 27 games ago. Seems like a lot. And if you look at the first 14 games, basically the opening month, they had five tilts in that. They had two in one game in Vegas. And then I remember Marchment jumping in after Duchesne got rocked by Ian Cole in Vancouver. Like they, it was tripping along a little bit that way, but there's been, there's been nothing since really. And uh, look, fighting's drifting in the game anyway, unless you're like Nashville and Minnesota. (laughs) That's why I was, I was surprised. Were you surprised that there wasn't any, there wasn't any more animosity than what we saw it in the two games between the stars and the, in the wild. Yeah. A little bit. They got clobbered on home ice. They just quit in the third period of that four, nothing game. They didn't have a shot on goal for like four, the final 14 minutes or something in that game. And then uh, in Dallas, they get hammered again and humbled and still really nothing. I guess Middleton tried Suter cracked him with a cross check last night and he wanted to get back at him, but they're, there, there wasn't like a gang coming after him or anything like that. They just sort of took their medicine. Yeah. Interesting. It, it was interesting. Just the, nobody actually said it, uh, but the tone of the players were, you know, let's tap the brakes on this being a great win because that team is really suffering right now. And, and you know, they didn't, yeah, last night they didn't want to dance on their grave. Like yeah. the players, yeah. I think, understand yeah. how hard it is to be a player when your team is is one hurt and two not playing well. Uh, so they they really they didn't have the old hey let's uh, smash Minnesota feeling for them last night. There was a there was actually I think you know the thought of hey we beat them we did what we had to do let's move on to the next game. Yeah, it's a, it's a softer, gentler NHL, Mike. It, it really is. is. And this is a weird thing. And I don't know. I mean, you don't even know how accurate these statistics are, but the stars are like 31st or 32nd in hits. And I think that sets a tone sometimes for the game where they're not yeah, really hitting point. anybody. And, you know, so then there's really not as much animosity as there has been in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's style of play. And, you know, they're trying to be a puck possession team. And and it, to be honest with you, a lot of times teams that are racking up a ton of hits, I, I, what effect does it even have anymore? Well, you don't have the puck, basically. I think well, that's- you don't have the puck, but also, yeah, you can take an extra two or three strides and finish a guy, but then you're two or three strides more out of the play. Correct. And against a team that can move the puck and the stars move the puck, you're just running around all over the place. Right. And yeah, you look at the end of the period and you're like, okay, the hits were 18 to eight and we're down two to nothing. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's, it's an interesting stat. Yeah. And, and skating, the teams that have it, really embraced it have not really been successful in, in recent years. Yeah. It's a skating, it's a skating game. Yep. And, and you make a good point. Like if there isn't a ton of friction out there, then there's not going to be a, a lot of pugilism. Hey, put that on a T-shirt. How about that one? <laughs> You'd make millions. Uh, Tyler Sagan is on a run right now. And I love it. Sagi is this season's renaissance in some ways. Yes. There are only three players league-wide who have more goals scored 
five against five, which is, you know, your yeah. majority of games, non power play penalty kill goals, just the regular game, the, the tough goals. He three players league wide have more than him. His overall play to me has been terrific. Really has his, I, I asked him the other day a little bit about it and hips don't lie, man. Like, when those hips go on the modern player, they have a tough time doing what they once did. And he, he feels healthy again in that yeah. area after, what is it, two, was he three years separated from that? Well, yeah, and the, whole, the whole season off, because that was a double surgery, wasn't it, or something where yep. first surgery yep. didn't take. And then mix yeah. in the Achilles and all. I mean, like he's really had to deal with a lot of stuff that affects your speed, which was his game, basically. So, yeah, kudos to him. And the other interesting thing, I was talking to him today about it. Like when you have your legs, all of a sudden your hands feel a lot better. And he was just snapping the puck around at practice today. And Duchesne noticed it. And, and uh, Wedgwood said the same thing that, you know, he, he's feeling it right now. And, and again, if your legs are working, all of a sudden it goes to your hands. And now your hands are, are shooting the puck just a little bit harder. A ton of the credit goes to Tyler. You know, the, it's not easy with everyone running around talking about you have the worst contract in the right. NHL. And all that talk is evaporated, obviously. And, you know, he doesn't play on the number one power play. He doesn't have a power play goal. We're at midseason. That's hard to believe when you consider what he has done in past on power plays and that. But he's he's parked his ego. And yeah. the only thing that he really cares about is is being part of this thing, contributing, and wants to win another cup. And I remember – at the beginning of last season, uh, Pete DeBoer, you know, Duchesne was still with Nashville and, and Pete said that Duchesne would be a good example for Tyler. And, and Matt Duchesne was coming off what? 43 goals. Yeah. I think they had all their high end guys that had just maxed out that year. But a lot of it was just, you know, drive, drive the play interior, like drive it more into the middle, drive, Drive the offense that way. And, you know, la-di-da and ta-di-da. Duchesne becomes a Dallas star. He's slammed into the middle of Sagan and Marchment, and it is just an electric trio. Uh, and and it's obviously some of that is rubbed off on, on Tyler. But the other part of it, too, is I don't know if you noticed or not, but Sagan this year has – taking it upon himself to go out early with Joe Pavelski and be a part of that little group that shoots pucks, works on, you know, game situation type things around the net out there. There's no goalies or anything. It's just, you know, three or four guys and, and Joe, the leader of it. And they, they just go through, it's gotta be muscle memory. And, and Tyler always talks about it, says it's touches. Yes. You know, you only get so many touches in a game, especially when you're rolling four lines. And, and you're not on the number one power play unit. So you, you don't get the, you know, if he gets out there in the power play, there's like 35 seconds left in it, right? And it's just, they're working against the clock. That's just the idea. So go out there and just get your touches in the morning and, and keep that rhythm and and that muscle memory in that. And I, it it's paid off, I would think, 
with this. And then the one last thing I'll, I'll drop in is marriage and dogs. And, and he is surrounded, uh, you know, he's got a cocoon now, got married in the summer, and I think he has three dogs. So he's just a much more mature person and player. And I, I just, I'm so happy for him. And I think he's just been phenomenal. I really do. Yeah. When I was talking to him this morning, I said, I'm going to credit your marriage. He goes, oh, she would love that. <laughs> like that, that she's the reason I'm playing so well. That, <laughs> he said, he goes, that, no, write it. She, he goes, it'll help me a lot. So you God, got a good that point. Is, that is our <laughs> sport though, Mike. Like It really is. You're right about that. Yeah, the other interesting the, thing about all this stuff is the fact that he's had to change so many things uh, about going to the net, about trying to tip pucks, about learning things like that, that when you look at what his game was before, it was carrying the puck. It was one-timers. It was structured, wait, wait, wait. Now it's almost like you just have to react to whatever's in front of you. And, you know, that's, this is where the quick hands come in and, and the ability to read plays and just, you know, uh, tip a puck or, or snap a rebound in or, you know, things like that that are impromptu. He's just so much better at that part of his game now. And that seems like where he's cashing in a lot. And that's why Duchesne has the puck all the time. Duchesne's doing all this stuff. And he just has to wait for his, you know, half a second to, to change the game. And, and he does a very good job of it. Yeah. And confidence will ebb yeah. and flow and come and go more so with guys that are goal scorers and guys that are goaltenders. And, yes. you know, even the best fight it from time to time. And then they get into a flow state and it looks like Tyler Sagan right now, he looks like he's in yeah. a flow state and, uh, and just rocking along. So, that's been awesome. And the, and the entire line, and I'm not trying to diminish Mason Marchman, who's made some incredible plays offensively with those other two guys. Like it is, it, it, it's an electric line. Like it really yeah. is like the synergy and uh, like, you can hear that. I think the, maybe the, the best test of, of all of it is you can hear the crowd when that line's on the ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can hear them like, breathe. Yeah, they, like like you can hear them. Yeah, they they woo and awe. Yeah, you know, they, there's not many there's not many individuals or lines that can that make make a crowd ooh and awe, and and they have. And uh, I hope it continues. I'm sure it will. Yeah, uh, it's always fun to have fresh eyes. And Duchesne talked about Marchment and said, "I really think he can be one of the best F ones in the league. Where he goes in, he gets the puck. He, you know." does whatever he has to do to, to, to put the defense on edge. And that just opens up ice for his two line mates. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought that, but you know, you've got Matt Duchesne coming in and saying, look at this, look at the things this guy does. And then you start looking at it and it's, it's impressive that, you know, uh, Marchman can do these types of things. He's a high event player because he can do some great things. He can do some not so great things, but it seems like he's doing more great things this year. Well, he did that on Sagan's goal last night in the third period. Yeah. It was ex exactly what you just laid out, Mike. Way to go. That's God, it's like, it's like being there I, with it was, you. It was all Duchesne. He told me what to look for. Okay. Well, he <laughs> guided you properly then. Uh, one of the th most perplexing things last night was the, the guiding of both Matt Boldy and Jason Robertson to the penalty box at the same time in that game. Like... I, I just sat there and I was just like, are you kidding me? What, what are we doing? I, I honestly believe this, Mike, that, that so little goes on 
in the games from a, a delinquent infraction standpoint that after a while, they're just like, what are we doing here? They're just skating yeah. up and down, you know, the, they're up and down the ice and it's just skating. We went, what, nine minutes in the first period after they dropped the puck without a whistle. Yeah. And, and then they're like, well, look, I flew here. I stretched before the game. I have Put my whistle my and everything. <laughs> yes. I want to get involved. I want to do something. And, and the, cause they called that like, like they, they basically clack skates and ran into one another in the neutral zone, a hundred feet away from either net. Like the easiest thing on earth would have been to just go, yeah, that just happened. Let's just move yeah. on, whatever. But I immediately, immediately thought the voice of the Minnesota wild was in the ref's head. Oh, they're divers. They're divers. We got to call diving. Well, there you go. That's what I was touching on earlier. Look yeah. at the foreshadowing on Look this week's that. Podman Rush. <laughs> that's what I thought. I thought it, it must be in his head because I'm like, that's not diving. But no. Oh, I lost it on the radio broadcast. <laughs> I, I would have liked to I hear was, that. I was just, I, I was just, I was flabbergasted. Like it was just, why? It just didn't make any sense at the time. Well, and it goes and, on and the I'll, record too. You know, it, like again, people will say, "Oh, look at Robertson's a diver. Oh, the stars are divers." Because look at you got one yeah, right you get there. Put on a list. Yeah, it's just a bad idea. Now, in hindsight, the winning goal was scored when that happened. <laughs> you know, it was like like. You can sit here and you can bitch and complain as we love to do. And I'm sure fans love to do in that. But then if you step back and simmer down a little and you look at the actual result of what you were bellyaching about. So last night they go four on four. Hint scores that goal. It ends up being the game winning goal in a, you know, a throttling, but still it was the game winning goal. And it worked out beautifully for the stars that that happened. Right. And yeah. then you go and to Monday, Mike, I'm go not ahead. done yet. Well, I, you told God, me to jump in. Jump, yeah, but not this time. Okay. The, on, on Monday night, they end up just conga lining to the penalty box up there, shorthanded a half a dozen times. And, and, then when you, and then they end up scoring a couple of shorthanded goals. So you're like, okay, what was your issue with being in the penalty box all that much? when they never produced anything on their power play and you scored twice. So maybe we should just shut our yaps. They know what they're doing, the stripes. Let them do. Let them cook. Let them be. Well, and it's interesting. I do think, and I've talked about this before, that the Stars bench has been one that couldn't shut its yap, you know, in the past 10 years at times. And this one does. This one just says, whatever. Call the penalty. We'll adjust. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know so about you hear, that. You hear it from them? I, no, I just, I, I just wonder. They they must chap the stripes from time to time. Well, everyone does, but again, With I do think accosting. that's you, you just take be, a deep they, breath and and say, okay, well, let's just deal with it. Yeah, I I mean, how I don't know. I'm not on that bench in that, but yeah, I, I I continue to uh, just be perplexed as to why they don't get on the power play more. Yeah, I agree like, with that one. Like they, like they don't. And you can see, you can, all you got to do is listen to the stars fans or watch Twitter and go, that was a penalty. That was a penalty. And you know, they're obviously going to knee jerk, but I think there's yeah. something to what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then again, really, do you think the entire troop of zebras all are conspiring against the stars? Yes, I do. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. But they sh- to me, they, they should get more than two power plays a night with the talent that they have and the way they play. Yes. It seems. It seems. Anyway. Uh, we're winding down. Milestones from the first half. Do I have them all? Thousand points for Joe. Yep. Thousand games for Dutchie. Yep. Fourteen hundred games for Suter. Wow. Fourteen hundred. And then you want to go to the the pinnacle of the thing, time on ice. Like he was playing 28, 29 minutes a game in Nashville and Minnesota. So yeah. as as players from the last whatever 12, 14 years, he's been on the ice more than any player, any player in the NHL. That's impressive. Yeah, pretty economical, breezy style, which helps that. And uh, the other night in Minnesota when he was right at 1,400 games, the other five defensemen dressed for the Stars couldn't match it combined. And uh, it, that's a lot of hockey, man. 1,400 is <laughs> a big number. Big number. Uh, my big words from the first half. I used perfidious. I used that going back to the Boldy Robertson situation. I should have used it last night as well. Good word though. Perfidious. Embellish. I also used uh, quite uh, apropos uh, splenetic which is sharp annoyance, which could also go back to the Boldy Robertson situation last night. But two, I would put them in my Razor Boy Hall of Fame uh, lexicon, perfidious and splenetic. And people seem to enjoy when I, I trotted out the line, put that goal in the Gene Jones art collection in Arlington. That is a good one. I was I was quite proud of that one, actually. You should. I was quite proud of that one. We need to get a sky mirror there at American Airlines Center, too. <laughs> uh, people will accuse me of walking around with a full-length mirror myself. I love myself so much. But that's not true. It's not true. No, like, not at all. Not true at all. But anyway, I, I felt like uh, those were some of my, my better vocal gymnastics from the opening 40 games this season. Uh, what did you write that you're quite feather in the cap pig with two tails proud of? Uh, nothing quite yet to tell you the truth. I think I've been, I've, all the best I've, is yet to come. Is that what you're saying? I, I honestly, it's funny. I mean, from a personal standpoint, let's hope so. Uh, I just feel like I can, be more like Daryl Ray. I, I slip no, in words no, here and there, slip in phrases here and no, there. No, but no. back in the day, and it's funny, you and I both did this. When they were not good, we, I think, had to dig deeper to make the game entertaining or, you know, better for the fans. And now that they're good, enough. I think, yeah, now that they're good, I personally have probably just rode their performance instead of tried to, you know, be great myself. So, uh, yes, this is my uh, pledge to the fans <laughs> that I, I need to uh, get back to the observations styles of uh, Mike Heike. 
<laughs> oh my God, I'm going to have to go back and listen to what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just ride, just ride the coattails. I am. You know. Yeah, ride the Jersey tails. No, no, you're I'm an not. Old, I'm you're, an old man. I'm just coasting. No, you are. I'll tell you what you are at this point, and it it's a reflection of where the the media is. It media or medium is uh, media right is now. Plural. Yes, and and that is you are you are volume. You are volume. You you are quantity. That's what you are. Indeed. You're, you're multi-platform and you're pumping it out. And you're the loudest keyboard assassin ever to sit next to me on a plane. I, I, am, I always embrace the fact that somebody has to write something every single game because the fans like that. And yep. basically the media now has said, nah, we don't want to do that. We'll just, we'll, we'll pick our spots. Here's a nice feature story. Here's another one. And this is what I do. I have to be the guy who records every single game for the fans. Uh, and that's fine. It's a good job. Well, you're like a historian then. Yeah. Wow. We're so fortunate to have you. I think so. That, it's all about pictures now, Mike. It's all about pictures. I've, I've heard that before. Video yeah. too. All right. Well, we're, we are uh, going to be in the... I guess they would call it the stretch run to the all-star break here now. Nashville, Chicago, we finish up all these games against the Central Division. Get to finally see those LA Kings next week. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. They've been they, struggling. They got a, they've been struggling, but they got a good one. Oh, yeah. They got some talent there. And then we go on that big Eastern road trip, a couple of games back home. And basically, the countdown to Cabo is on in the National Hockey League. Yes? I they, could say, they can say it's the countdown to Toronto where the All-Star game is going to be. But the reality <laughs> is, there's what? How many guys are going there? Like 60? Is there that many? Yeah, for the league? Yeah. 50? And the rest of the National Hockey League, the other 750 are headed to Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the old jets. days. I was I like the old days when Craig Ludwig took the defenseman up to Wisconsin and went snowmobiling. Yeah. That was their break. Yeah, it's those were those are real hockey guys. Uh, they're they're all real now too. They just have more real. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right, good deal. I I look forward to the to the second half, and uh, who knows, Mike? Maybe on the Podman Rush in the second half of this epic National Hockey League season. We will uh, court questions from uh, Podman listeners out there, fans of the stars. Depends on on what those questions look like. (laughs) Uh, And we can give them what they want, not what we think they need. How about that? All right, I like that. Yeah. All right. Keep it real. I'll see you tomorrow. And all of you out there, thank you once again from the bottom of our little hearts for listening to the Podman Rush. Thanks, Tom. See ya, Tom. You've been on the Podman Rush with Razor Ray and Mike Ica, presented by Kingsville Brewery, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things Texas hockey, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. Yeah, way to go. Well, we're done. The 2023-24 hockey season is in full swing. 
and your Dallas Stars need you at American Airlines Center to help bring the intensity. Shot, tip, score! Don't miss your chance to experience the electrifying environment that Texas hockey has to offer this season. From huge hits to savage saves, American Airlines Center is the place to be as the Stars look towards the Stanley Cup. Secure your seats today at DallasStars.com.